gotta make a choice. So many whispers in my ear that I can't hear my voice. Tell me will it in the situation that I'm in. And welcome to another episode of the Loop Bros. And by bros, I mean me. Uh, for anybody that's in our Facebook group, you have probably seen the post that tonight we are premiering our newest member of the Loop Bros. And so he has a warm welcome of everybody not showing up. So please welcome the newest member of the Loop Bros, the Australian Daryl. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Kalai. <laughs> and thank you for having me. I was just thinking, how how perfect is it? A, a welcome, really, because neither of us are original loot bros, you know, and, and we're, we're now in control of this show. I've waited for a long time to get control of Gar- Daryl's jewels, and now, now I seem to have them in the palm of my hands. So I wonder what we're going to do tonight with them. What do you think? We'll squeeze a little bit, perhaps? Yeah, perhaps. I don't know why he thought this would be a great idea to let... <laughs> Us two do a show together <laughs> under his umbrella. Well, as many people know, Push 2... Oh, shit, what's this show called? Oh, Loot Bros, sorry. <laughs> Loot Bros has had, you know, a bit of a sporadic release schedule over the last few weeks, Clyde. So it's, I think it's up to us to, to finally put something out there that's, you know, current for the listeners. Because not everybody wants to listen to, you know, an old tape deck recording from the 70s of one of their early episodes. Well, that is true. <laughs> Now, look, before we get into it, do you have to do some sort of housekeeping? Because I know Daryl loves his housekeeping at the beginning. Well, of course. I luckily (laughs) keep an old version of our notes so I can follow along. (laughs) But before before we do that, we have to toast. Oh, yes. So this week, I would would like to toast to the newest member of the Loop Bros, uh, CJ. Thank you. I would also like to toast to the fact that the... Sony ponies for the show this week have been stabled <laughs> as they are currently watching the new trailer for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn West. That's right. And can I add a little bit to the toast as well? Sure. I would like to, in that vein, you know, to, to Sony, you know, and the ponies of the world, I would like to, to raise a toast, Clyde, to the state of play, which I know you didn't watch, but that's okay. You know, it's forgivable or whatever else uh, that was on, I believe, yesterday over there in the US. The state of play, that the Sony put up a six-hour video, you know, six-hour wank fest, really, you could call it, listeners, <laughs> followed by 20 minutes at the end of gameplay. Now, what was wonderful to see about this is I don't know the, the creative director's name. I apologize. That's a slight on, on me there, Ponies, but he was uh, after the five hours and forty minutes of just these. These are rendered on the PS5 uh, shots. They're just screenshots of the game, just running for five hours and forty minutes. Clyde, it was riveting, riveting stuff. Now I can guarantee you it was done on the PS5 because there's no way anything that bad would would come out of the PC on rendering. So at least you know what you've got to look forward to. But then he comes and speaks for a few minutes, and his lip sync is out with his lips. Like how do you how do you release a state of play where the lip sync is not even correct? But then anyway, after that, it, it then moves on to twenty minutes of gameplay, which you know I didn't watch because you know I, I like I was I was put off after the five hours and forty minutes of screenshots from the from the game. So I want to raise a toast to Sony for clearly understanding how to get a, a brief, concise message on a on a pre you know pre done video to your fans. It's wonderful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. It got stuck in my throat there, Kalai. 
<laughs> drink something. You sound a little hoarse. <laughs> That's right. Look, there'll be no cheap, cheap carrot shots this week. I promise. So let's get back. Mm. Let's get to the housekeeping. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel, uh, and of course the Ninja YouTube uh, channel. So check them out. Uh, they have the Sounds Heavy podcast, which I don't know if there's been an episode out lately. Uh, the two two three six and the Luke Bros comic cast, which I think has is going to be coming back soon. So keep an eye on, of course, our Discord and our Facebook, and of course the podcast, and we'll you know when the episodes are coming out. It's so many podcasts. It's not surprising, Kali, that we're the only ones left here. There's probably one person on every one of those podcasts right now, just to, <laughs> just to put something out. It's just, it's phenomenal, isn't it, listeners? But look, I want to, I want to, I want to rest your your souls because you're probably like, ah, oh, fuck it. I used to like listening to this podcast until this bastard came on. And you know, you don't have to panic because as I as we made the arrangement, I'll sort of drop in from, from you know now and again. I think Kali, as I'm as I'm tolerated and i think like in seriousness though i think it's going to be a great a great mix having you know zach and uh and joe yourself obviously tanner um levi when he you know he's not doing the trophy horse or whatever else he does there on echo and uh and daryl i think it's a really a really wide mix of gamers across all systems and if you've ever if you've ever done a podcast before or you've been a guest on a podcast perhaps listeners you might understand the amount of work that goes in in the editing in the organizing and and just being on you know yourself and as a person to record so i think having that that flexibility is is going to be awesome client i think also like we were talking a bit before we start but you know none of us really have a hustle in this game and you're probably sitting there going well you know what do you mean you're, you're a talking head of course you're hustling for a code or a patreon or something but we're really not you know i think you know we're all mature gamers or whatever we're all fairly happy in our life and and we're just we've become friends over the last couple of years talking games and you know none of us are trying to you know hit two hundred and fifty thousand youtube likes or some you know spruik our latest 30 second trophy guide here we're just here to to talk games and to have fun and have laughs and you know i've been a long time listener of this show i've really enjoyed it and when i finished my little solo project i was thinking about you know would, would i ever join another one and the only one that would have ever interested me was this show so i'm i'm looking forward to it Clay, and I'm, I'm looking particularly forward to speaking to you more as well in the future yeah, I really, I liked the couple of times I was on your podcast or we podcasted together. We always had fun. Yeah. So this show, this show's going to be a roller coaster of fun. <laughs> yes, an Xbox roller coaster of fun. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with uh, what you've been playing, CJ. Yeah, well, look, you know, as 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 usual, Kalai, it's quite a lot, I suppose. But I'll uh, I'll throw a couple out if that's well, I. Well, I will say this because usually our uh, our what you've been playing is pretty long with everybody going, mm. so you'll really be taking up the same amount of time. <laughs> it's, look, it, you're going to make up for, for everybody else. It, it's true. It's true. Now, look, a lot of um, a lot of what I've played has been on the Xbox, but these games are on on all systems, including the the PC. Look, some even on Switch, so you you can you can play them wherever you want. But I'll I'll throw out maybe to start with this game that I, I finished last week. Kalei. It's called Lost Words Beyond the Page by Sketchbook Games. They're a, a small studio. I'd never come across them before, and this is a. I think you would pos- perhaps like this game, Kalai. It's on it's on all systems. I think it may even be on the Switch now. Uh, PS4 definitely, PC and Xbox, and it's a uh, it's it's a platformer of sorts, but it's it's very straightforward platforming. It's basically a narrative 
a narrative game, if you like. It's really beautiful. The the music in this game makes it. It's uh you know it's Indian nature, of course. So you know graphics or whatever to be expected but basically each level goes for uh, like I don't know around five to ten minutes but preceding each level is this diary entry if you like because you're the whole story is being told from the point of view of a a young girl who's dealing with you know loss and and changes in in life in her older relatives if you like and it has this really cool mechanic Kali where you're sort of you know you're writing in the diary and you appear as this little silhouetted girl on top of the writing and you have to jump over the words and down over the sentences and, and jump on certain, you know, keywords and things like that. And it, it's all very well explained, but it's a really beautiful little concept to have a platformer within the diary and then to have this sort of, you know, also this sort of 2D, if you like, scrolling, side-scrolling second part to each level. There's about six or so diary entries and then six sort of chapters. And you're looking at around six to eight hours for this game. If, if you're interested in the trophies, client, I know you're not. <laughs> or achievements. It's a it's a very easy it's a very easy completion, and you can you can chapter select everything if you need to. There are some collectibles in I think about three of the levels, but it tracks how many you've got and how many you still have to get, and you can get them all in one run without a guide. I missed a couple in one level. I went back and took like two minutes to get or something. So it's a really beautiful uh, little game that I would uh, I would recommend. Do you want to go one for one? Should I? ask you what you've been playing as well uh, no, no no it's all right you you explain because i'm going to ask you questions like for example this this game that you that how long does it take to play yes yeah, so it's about i'd say it took me about eight hours I, I assume if you sort of like you fly through it you could probably do it in about six about an an hour you know for each part of the the two-part levels or so and uh yeah and it, it's just one of those games that you don't want to race like i played over a couple of days i suppose you know i just i really enjoyed the mechanics and it's one of those games, like I'm sure you've had this as well, Kalai, like uh, like I'm going to talk a little bit about indies today because, you know, there's been a big week with indies with Biomutant and things like this coming out as well and, and how we sort of approach them and how we see them. And, you know, some of them have more redeeming qualities than others. And, and often, you know, we talk about the artwork being beautiful or the colours being beautiful and not always do we talk about the music because, you know, often it's, you know, synth music or it's, you know, sampled from, you know, a record library or something else that they've just paid and dropped in. But this, this, uh, and I don't know the composer's name off the top of my head, unfortunately, uh, he's written some really beautiful music that really, it really amps up the whole experience. So if you're going to play this, either play it with headphones, which I think it advises, or definitely play with the sound on because there's some, some beautiful sort of, you know, beautiful music throughout. Yeah, I only have like three games, CJ. So really, think you let oh. me know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, look, I've got some. I've got one here that I know you've played before, so I'll, I'll save that for a moment, and I'll throw out. I'll throw out another one, um, perhaps that you you haven't come across or whatever. In fact, it, and it's. <laughs> I hope you haven't come across this. It's called an airport for aliens, currently run by dogs. Are you familiar I with saw, this game? Actually, actually saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I sent it to Roberto. Yeah, it's on the it's on the Xbox, the the PS4, the Switch. It's probably I'm sure it's probably on PC as well. <laughs> did did you did you see any of the artwork for it? It looked really. I saw the trailer. The trailer looked weird. 
it is. It is. It's. It's. Um. Look, I think it's going to be an easy platinum slash chivo game. I'm about an hour in, and I have about half the achievements already. It's a. It's a really strange game where you are literally in an airport, and there, there's dogs running it, as as the name implies. So you're getting you're getting what you expect, but the dogs are just like pictures, you know, like Photoshop pictures in flat two two dimensional pictures that just look so cheap I saw, and I, nasty. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah. And some of the dialogue, like some of the dialogue is funny and some of the dialogue is random. And it, there, there's this alien language which you can't decipher. And then I, I went on their Twitter too and they actually have a document. If you want to like figure it out, you can figure out what each alien letter means. So there's obviously extra stuff in there, but, you know, I don't know why why you would do that because yeah. <laughs> the game is not it's not that deep. You know, it's a two-hour experience or something. But it does have bizarre things in it. And you, so you're going through and you, you get your handle around, okay, it's, you know, it's a, it's a cheap indie sort of game or whatever uh, minimalistic in, in its art style as well and then you get to these random stores because in the airport there's all these different stores as well like you know your photos and your handbags and all this stuff but there's a store in there Kalai and there seems like there's five airports and I've been to two or three of them so far and it's the it's fantastic there's this dog I think it's a Labrador wearing a hat uh, that's the the service person in there and it's it's a store selling bananas and toilet paper and that's all it sells bananas and toilet paper and you go up to the dog and you're like so one of the text options because his options is so why do you only sell bananas and toilet paper and he goes like it's the perfect combination you eat the banana and then you do your business with the paper and I mean it's true isn't it it's just it's just it's you know dogs they're they're honest and they're open and they're true but you know, having having said that I couldn't recommend this game for anything more than um for a few dollars I know they're having a laugh here Clyde they're taking the piss at 27 Australian dollars um but but for a two wow. hour experience yeah, it's, it's it's pricey for what it is. And I think it's one of those games, like I don't know if you've ever played a game where you think the developer is actually trolling you for buying their game. <laughs> you know, like I think you bought me a game like that. Yeah, once. yeah, yeah the chair fucker. Uh, you yeah. know. <laughs> but the the difference is chair fucker was like two dollars or a dollar. This is like, you know, this is like you get into it and you're like, I think they're trolling me for, for spending the money and then you feel a bit awkward and then you're like it's one of those experiences, Claire, where you just never admit to actually how much you paid for it. Like someone said to me the other night, Oh, how much does that cost? I'm like, Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> you, you, you don't wanna you don't want to admit and I'm like, I wouldn't pay any more than a few dollars. Oh, how much did you pay? Oh, Look, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> it's um, it, it's one of those. And then in that vein, I'll throw out another one, which I thought was going to be better than it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't dreadful. And this is the Aerial Knights uh, Never Yield. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Is it? Is it? Well, is it? A, it sounds like anime. Is it anime? Like well, RPG? No, it's not. It's, it's actually an endless runner. Um, oh. that's the best way. And it is, I suppose it's Japanese in a way. It's, it's a, like a, a, a post, uh, a post future or almost like a, it's got steampunk elements, uh, of, of modern day or, or, or futuristic Japan, I suppose. But that's what it says in the blurb, but I wouldn't have known that playing the game. Like it could be any city or whatever, any futuristic City and it is it is as the name implies an endless runner which I kind of like like I've never heard you talk about them Clay are they the sort of games you like or, or not particularly? Years ago, I was actually gifted a endless runner and I played it for a few minutes. Like to me, that's like the type of game that's an arcadey game. Yes, like it's the type of game, especially on the Switch. Oh, the Switch was really great to play on because we would take it out to the bar, set it up, and have the one controller and you know beer in one hand and a controller in the other with an endless runner is pretty fun. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it, it, it's exactly it's exactly the way to play it. And I was thinking of you because, you know, you were saying at one point uh, a few months ago you could only play – you were looking for games you could play with one hand or something else for, for your, your hand there. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's a valid thing. I like to keep a spare hand as well for other actions, Kalai. So it's very like, handy. It, it, it really is. It really is. And this game can be played with one hand because, you know, you can either use the, the D-pad uh, or, the, or the direction stick if you prefer. But there are literally only like a, a high jump, you know, up. A, a sort of a lower jump to the the left, a, a fast run to the right, and a duck to the, by pushing down. So, so it is very approachable, and it, you know you can learn the levels. It has a slow mo mode, so it can sort of slow down if you want, almost an assisted mode, I suppose, before each interaction if you want. But you know if you're playing it properly, obviously that's not not there. Again, it's a very easy trophy and Chivo game, about an hour. I'd say two hours tops. There is one difficulty trophy in the mini game. Where <laughs> The funny thing is, Kalai, the game overall is pretty easy, except for maybe the last level, but it's pretty easy, except for the mini game, which is fucking as hard as balls. Like, it's, it's a, you know, like the, the game just runs as an endless runner. The mini game goes upside down. It goes on an angle. You know, it has an epileptic fit in there, you know, at one point. All these things, it's really tough, and there's no checkpoints either, but... If you can somehow get through the minigame, you will get the final trophy. Although I believe some people have reached out to the developer to try and soften that uh, trophy or achievo up if that's if that's important to you. So that's one. And then, look, I, I want to bring up Mass Effect because you've played this game, haven't you? I did. I've played all three of them. So I want to. I made a comment in the in our little private chat, and I know, like, I'm not speaking from experience because this is my first. First time playing the Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition, and I'm I'm playing the first one, and I I made a comment that I was surprised how uh, linear the game was or something. And then I was listening to a a different podcast this week, and they're like, it's really awesome to be able to play like one, two, three in this collection because you see how the game grew. Uh, Apparently two is a much, it's a much better game than one. It's a much more fleshed out game. And in one, they just dump tons of lore, tons of characters, all this stuff on you, but then they get to sort of expand on it in the later games. And what I was going to ask you is like, did you, I mean, I I know it's probably some time since you played it, but did you enjoy any, any of them more? So in particular, like one, two or three, or is that a fair comment? Do you think I'm going to grow into this series or, or what? I enjoyed them all. I really did. I enjoyed. I haven't played the fourth one, the the uh, until you get to the ending of three, and then the ending mm. is terrible. But that's a whole different story. Mm. Uh, I did enjoy them, especially because I did play them back to back, and mm. I played them. I kid you not. It has to be over ten years now. Yes. And all I could think in about is how open and. And, and honest it was and the fact that you had choices and I got to marry an alien <laughs> I played a female shepherd mm-hmm. and I got to sleep with a female alien mm-hmm. at which point uh, my husband was working next to me because at the time I played them I was actually on workman's comp because I was laid up for uh, six months because I hurt myself I turned to my husband I was like Look, honey, alien, lesbian, sex. I've hit the jackpot. And that's what made me like the game. <laughs> what is it about alien, lesbian, sex? It is every straight woman's fantasy, isn't it? I, I don't... <laughs> it's probably... I, just, I just like the you know, 10 years ago, that freedom was awesome. The freedom that, like, you you weren't stuck playing, like, a female that had to, you yes. know, you could only make a male choice. And 
you know, it just was, it just opened up a whole new world of role playing that I liked. Yeah. It's so easy to forget because, like, you know, obviously coming at this game now for me, like, I was playing again last night and I was like, you know, uh, uh, this week, and we'll get into Biomutant in a little bit, but one of the one of the things I had to remind myself is just how old this game is. And as you say, like, you know, the, the gay and lesbian relationships you can have, and but even, like, the level design and, and then, you know, the conversations, as you mentioned, too, all these branching narratives and stuff, like... You know, we, we see games like, you know, Life is Strange, you know, Telltale for one of them better or whatever. Now, you know, they're more, more commonplace and they're exploring these themes. But back then there wasn't a lot. Like I remember, you know, playing my Baldur's Gate or whatever else. And, you know, there was, you know, the men were men, Kali. You know, they weren't touching <laughs> each other, I can tell you, unless they were chopping each other's arm off. You know, the women, you know, the women were, you know, they weren't there at all, Kali, actually. <laughs> so so it is it is such a progressive game and I think it's funny you mentioned those dialogue things because like I'm not playing with a guide I'm not interested in achievements I'm probably not playing necessarily in the right order because you can go to seems like you can go to whichever planets you want from basically two hours in and you know some you're supposed to go to others you can just go and explore so I'm just sort of doing a bit of a bit of whatever and one of the amazing things that I know it's a Bioware or an old Bioware tradition I suppose is these conversations and you can you know the option in there is to investigate and then it opens up all these other things and you can really get into the weeds with them and spend like 10 minutes you know on on just this random what appears to me a random uh, NPC just conversation and I even had one this morning I got up early to plan I got out of the lift I finally went back to the citadel after six or seven hours and there was this woman there and nothing to say you could sort of speak to her but the thing locked onto her so I clicked it and then it was a news interview for for alien news or whatever it was and you know you answered these questions and I thought like it's really it's not in your face I suppose like when I look at things like Assassin's Creed where the you know the 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 quest marker is flashing on top of the guy's head or whatever speak to me now type thing so it's it's you know I don't know it's taking me a while to get my head around it but I think I'm enjoying it and I I think I'm looking forward to it now funny thing you should mention this game because right before we started the show we we were talking about the shows that I was I was watching I was Mm. watching Lucifer and you said it was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I did, of course. Of course. And you, you know your pilot is from that show. Oh, really? I didn't even uh, realize that. Who Who is he from Buffy? The voice oh, actor, God. you mean? Or... The voice actor, hmm. I kid you not, is like one of her best friends in the show. Oh. I want to say, I want to say that, and I, that's one of the reasons why... I wanted to play that game. Who is it? Seth Green. Is that Seth Green? I didn't. Oh, I didn't realize that at all. Yes, that's oh. Seth Green, and he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah, he was. I was just thinking that he became the werewolf. I think didn't he? But uh, um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have thought. I was thinking it might have been. Was it Xander? Was that the other guy? Uh, and Cordelia. Oh my goodness! It's all coming. It's all a blur, Clive, with Dawson's Creek. I don't know why, but it really is. I want to put Pacey and Joey in with the demons. I know Giles, the old librarian, I want to put him with Gail, uh, Dawson's mother. Isn't it alarming we remember these things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mitch, we can kill Mitch off because he died anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Okay, now I want to go back to Mass Effect for a second because you have, you have played this game or whatever, although it was some time ago. Now, I don't want any spoilers here, but everybody and their dog – 
you know, cat, tortoise, you know, any animal, they say the ending is garbage in three. So I don't want any spoilers here because there might be people like me getting into it. But is it really that bad, Clive? Because I I don't know how you're going to answer this question without spoiling it. But I, I was told that, you know, you put all this effort in, you have all this character creation, all this backstory, and then they just fuck you in the end. Is that is it really that bad? It's really not that bad. But, uh-huh. as you know, like, I get why people say it. Like, I don't even remember the ending. That's how memorable it was. So. Okay. Something like, I just remember something, and I was like, oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> something something to look forward to, obviously. Yeah. Okay. 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 And uh, shall I throw one more out there? Sure. Okay. So this Biomutant, I don't know. Uh, did you did you see anything? This game has been hyped to high heaven in the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, except for who was it? Somebody said it was terrible. It was quite a few people <laughs> that have said it's terrible. No, it was a, it was a late night host. Yeah. Oh it wow! Li- and, yep. Yeah. It yeah. It was actually a late night host. I'll look that up while you t- talk about it. Yeah. How do you like it? Well, it's it's funny. Like, I mean, they're they're definitely not you know the only person with that opinion. And I mean, IGN gave it a, a six out of ten, and they they did go on to say there's nothing wrong with a six out of ten. It's just a middle of the the road game, and it's a more it's a more pressing question that I wonder the hype that surrounded this game because, Kalai, you've played THQ Nordic games before. You understand the sort of, you know, publisher that they are and the, the, the family of studios under them that they're predominantly not AAA studios. They're not Ubisoft. They're not EA or whatever else. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they're not, you know, billion-dollar, you know, studios or whatever else. And Biomutant is an indie game, you know, made by 20 people. And, yes, it's on a disc release. And, yes, it's been massively hyped. And a lot of that's to do with the fact, I think, that there's just not a lot of games coming out at the moment you know except for for resi 8 or whatever so there's there's a market to you know to to fill or whatever and i think a lot of people you know maybe maybe gamers they love to hype and things they got behind this without understanding you know what it was and then when it it became, you know, obvious as they played it or whatever else that it wasn't what they expected, which was unrealistic, like some sort of Assassin's Creed, you know, or something. Then the shit really turned on them, Clyde. They, they flipped the tables. <laughs> and and I, I don't – it's made me think a lot. Like, I know I'm, I'm going on, but it's made me think a lot about this indie genre because, you know, like – and I'm about six hours in now, and it's like wh- whether you should buy this game or not, I think, depends on a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, I think – you buy this game if you like Assassin's Creed, if you like open world games. You buy this game if you're interested in level design and you buy this game if you're, I suppose, interested to see the differences between, you know, a triple A studio and a and an A studio, which I, I think is a fair comment for them. But I don't necessarily know that you buy this game if you just want to have you know, just fun, mindless fun or whatever else because there are things in here that will irritate you. Like... The graphics are really, really beautiful, but the game doesn't have any auto HDR, which is unusual, you know, for a next-gen game releasing now for, for decent TVs like LG and stuff. A lot of these games release with auto HDR, which if, if you don't have that function on your TV, yes, you can fuck around with the HDR settings, but auto HDR on your TV, if, it, if it's equipped with that, will always present like the absolute best. And, you, and you, it's almost like a sheen comes over, Clyde, the, the screen. You would know it looks really beautiful. It doesn't ship with that, and you really have to muck around with the the sliders to find the right brightness levels because it has this 
almost missed through the game. And I was convinced maybe it was a draw distance thing, but I'm, I'm not convinced now. I'm not exactly sure why it's there. But but that aside, it is, it is really beautiful, almost like in a Genshin impact, um, Breath of the Wild, whatever, pick your reference, uh, your style uh, in that game. But then the assets in the game are like, you know, they have a village or whatever, but then you go inside a building and it's a bit rough or, you know, the tables keep repeating or you know, you go into this sort of underground mine and it looks all the same. And there are elements of that too, you know, juxtaposed with elements where it almost looks like, um, uh, you know, like a, I was, uh, I don't know, like a, a naughty dog, you know, at times, Uncharted-esque as well. So it's, it's this real hodgepodge of styles. And the more you play, the more you realise that they just didn't have the money and the time to to make this, you know, a triple A game. And if, if you're okay with that, if you can, you know, live with that, that B gradiness of it, it's actually, it's actually really fun. And there's, there's so much going on in here. Like the world is huge. The, the combat is huge. There's a crafting system, you know, where you're mixing elements is, is very well fleshed out. And so it's got all the elements of a game, I suppose. It just doesn't have, you know, I suppose what that triple A studio has. And that's why I come back to saying like, if you're interested in game development and if you're interested in that style, then I think there's a lot to be learned here about what's actually, you know, what the hell actually goes into these hundred, 200, 300, you know, people team games, these big triple A's because the, the, it's very evident in this game. I suppose if, if, if you sort of get where I'm coming from there, Kalai. Yeah, I saw a little bit about it. It's it's an open world. Is it an open world role playing game? I don't know much about it. Yeah, it is. So it's open world role playing. It's it's been pegged as a bit of like a Breath of the Wild style game, but again, it's more. It is open world, but it's linear. You know, more in the linear style. Not not dissimilar to Mass Effect in a way, in that it's very clear where you need to go all the time. You you can't. You could sort of wander off, but you can't really wander off, like say on an Assassin's map or something else. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And then the other thing, like they're, they're very ambitious. And the thing that I really like uh, in this game is that it, it presents two paths right from the beginning. So in a way that, you know, potentially be two playthroughs of this game if you wanted. And there's a path of the good and there's a path of the evil. And, you know, each decision you make will further the good or the bad aside, you know, until you, you end up in one or the other. But it's not like you play the game once and you choose good or bad. Whichever side you choose will lead you down that story path. And it's a direct opposite path uh to to what would be the good side so the aim is to save the world tree which is you know a jrpg trope and you know you played your dragon's quest 11 you know you you know sort out online you, you always have to save the bloody world tree you can't ever kill it Kali. and you know which is a shame <laughs> but true. but in this game you can you can start at the very beginning it doesn't judge well you know it's your choice do you want to do you want to move down the save the save the world campaign or do you want to destroy the world because it is post you know apocalyptic as you said and having that choice is really cool and it plays as you know a good good little devil and a bad devil that pops up on these decisions and and it's abrupt too if you choose the bad decision it's usually you kill the person you know you punch them in the head in front of you or whatever else so it's got it's got this moral system as well which again you know is a little janky but but it's definitely the hook for me and of course they're very cute rats as well i think they're sort of rats that you know you evolve through you know your different (laughs) augmentations and things so they change their appearance as well but 
Yeah, it's a really, like, I don't know. Like, I think if you have any interest in it, yes, you should spend the 79 Australian dollars or whatever, 50 US it is, because I think they build a world here that needs to be encouraged so that they continue to build in this world and build with these assets. And I, I think they will because the team, where is it here? Experiment 101, they they start the game in this bunker or whatever else, and it's called the Experiment 101 bunker. And if you, I think it's a perfect way to start a game because if you go in thinking, yes, this game is an experiment, you know, and it really is in, in many aspects, you know, and money, you know, created too. What they could do in the future is really exciting. So, I, as I said, I think I think there was somebody in the Facebook group was playing it and they were saying they were surprised and enjoyed it. But I think if you can see yourself, you know, parting with the money to support them, I think it's awesome. And if you can't, then I think maybe two games down the track from this studio, Experiment 101, might be the game that you're looking for. But uh, I think either way, it's, it's quite an exciting prospect. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, do you have anything else or should I talk about what I'm playing? I think we should throw to you. <laughs> okay. I think there are people there that are like, shut him up. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Dragon's Quest because I actually restarted the game because I stopped for a while and I moved uh, I moved to a new Switch. So I said, you know what, let me just restart it. So I've been starting to play that again. Which system? I'm not very far. Switch. So is this the Dragon's Quest uh, S or whatever it is? The yeah, the extra. Yeah, the elusive one. The 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 uh yeah, the Dragon Quest Eleven, the mm. definitive edition or whatever. Yes, yeah. Because you know when you play it on Switch, you can play it in three D or two D mode. Mm. <laughs> so what are you playing it in? Three D, of course, because I mean, is... uh, who wants to go back to the two D? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. Is it? Surely there can't be extra content because that game is long enough already. I don't know. No, I think the extra content is to be able to play it in 2D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How far did you get the first time? Uh, how far did I get? Not very far. Uh, just after the ca- I got through the castle. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not far at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got, I found, the, I found his friend. I think I just got past his friend and then just stopped. So I just said I'm going to do a fresh playthrough because it's on my backlog beatdown list. Mm, mm. So you, I said I better get you to that. You're going to enjoy it. It's a, it's an awesome game, but it's like a hundred hour. I know you're not afraid of that that, but uh, it's a substantial length. I've also played and finally beat Resident Evil Eight. Well, <laughs> Daryl at this point is saying, "Well, yes, you have to tell me about it." So. Uh, take us through the motions, Kalai. Was it any good? It was good. It was actually better than seven. Really? Because they allowed you to like buy, uh, buy, uh, you know, bullets and stuff. Yeah, but it was. It wasn't as scary as seven, though. No, it really wasn't. Actually, funny story. It wasn't. You're right. It wasn't as scary. Except there was one part that made me jump in my seat. And at the time, I was playing in the morning, and Jim had a meeting behind me, so like I could, I had to be quiet. And mm. you know, I was like, okay, whatever, it's not scary anyways. And <laughs> the stupid baby scared the living bejesus out of me, and I was screamed. Uh, I love those those. There was a moment like that in the uh, the medium as well, where you you know what it's going to do, and you can't even you can't stop yourself from jumping. It's fantastic. <laughs> and you don't have to play one because they do a recap of seven. Yeah, but it's totally worth it to play it. It really is, because it. By the time you got to the end, the end wraps around to the beginning, and if you don't like 
play seven, you're not going to, the ending's going to be weird. Mm. And uh, there's no point not to play seven. Of course, it's on Game Pass as well, listeners. So, you know, just boot it up, oh, yes. which which is what I'm I'm doing. Now, I wanted to ask you, Kalai, so I'm playing seven again for like the eighth time, but this time I've got further than I've ever got before. I, I got to the Mia's tape. I, I finished that section. So there, there's a lot of puzzles in these games and, you know, I don't, I don't play Resident Evil and I know this is your, you know, you haven't played a lot of them or whatever else. I wanted to ask, particularly with eight, like with seven, I'm using a bit of a walkthrough at times just to know where to go and what to do because there's a few things that I wouldn't have figured out or I wasn't expecting. I used the guide for seven a lot. Yeah. And, you know, because I would get stuck. Yeah. I never played Resident Evils and you're right. And there's some things in Resident Evil 8 that I would never think about but for somebody who's played a lot of it. They were like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, expecting your items. Like, you'll get an item, and you'll never think to, I don't think to look at the item, but you have to look at the item because there might be something you can manipulate with that object that you've gotten. Yes. Yeah. And now, is that the same in 8? Do you do you need yeah. that to that degree? Ah, see, that just, nah, fuck off then. <laughs> see, I just, <laughs> why do you want to play a game? I hate playing a game where it's like, like, and I understand there's like your page of money, you know, L- look around, and I, like I'm all, I'm all for looking around for a bit, but you know, when you get stuck on a thing, like in seven, there were definite things there. No, I won't go into it for spoilers. Like I wouldn't have figured out, and it's like you had to pick up this thing, a picture, and turn it around and take this out. Like I wouldn't have done that. You know, could be there for hundreds of hours and not have done that. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I had to start learning. And so I started learning how to play these games. I want to go back and play one. Oh, God. I know. It's dreadful. Uh, uh, the only other... Well, I played two more games. I played. I went back to Monster Hunter finally because my hand's healing. So mm. I played a little bit today, but not a lot. Oh, nice. And of course, Monster Train, which I'm in love with. You you really are. Every time I see on the friends list on the Xbox, it says you know that's your last your last played game. So how have you, like, uh, have you done a full run of it now, or what do you mean like a full run? Well, like I'm I'm assuming it's like Slay the Spire where you 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 eventually you know level up level up your deck or whatever and you you complete the game. Is that is that how it works? So it's not. There's really no completion of the game. Ah, uh. that's the thing. It's not like Slay the Spire. Okay. In Monster Train, you're trying to fill in a grid, and you're trying to win the game with... Because you know how in, in Slay the Spire you have one deck? Mm-hmm. In Monster Train, you have one deck, but two factions. So you pick cards from each faction as you go along. Okay. And you're trying to fill in a grid that you win the game with every faction combination possible. Okay. So, like, it's kind of like, at first I was like, oh, there's really no point to this because there's no end battle boss. It didn't take me long to get to, like, the once I figured it out. But you got to open up the cards. And then when you start opening up the cards, because each deck has two different champions. Mm-hmm. So you can play the deck one way or another. So do you take your deck, though, like, between runs sort of thing? Or, or do you? is it always a fresh, you know, fresh start and you add to it as you go? It's always a fresh start. Yes, that's kind it of. It doesn't matter when you die, fresh start. Yeah, so you can have like the perfect setup, and then you die, and then it's all over. It's yep. a restart. Yep, yeah. and then you can have the perfect setup again. Mm. And I like it because I could play it while I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or at work. That's why you see me play it so much because I'll be at work playing. <laughs> What's the learning curve? Because a lot of these card games like Slay the Spire, like there's an OP strategies or there's many OP strategies or whatever, and some that you just have to observe to even make any progress. What's the learning curve like in this Monster Train? Some of them, it depends on the deck. Some of it is harder than others, but like once you see it, you'll understand what you're trying to work towards. Mm. So you should try it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are so not- so. I did try a little bit of it, but I wasn't yeah fully. These games, like, there's a lot going on in them. I find, and I don't know. I think I think there's a bit of trial and error as well. Like maybe maybe you don't see it that way, but it's it's like the first five hours are going to be like a bit of pain, but then once you get past those five hours, you're probably going to have an awesome time with it. Uh, That's exactly what it is. Is that like because I, I struggled with it the first, and I was like, I don't get this, and I can't win. And mm-hmm. and sometimes Jim Jim who was doing seeing it better than I was, he would be like, Well, you know, this is what it's supposed to do, and I'm like, Oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. See, that, that's hard for a person that only plays a game for five minutes because, you know, like uh, you're not going to get to the five hours to get to the enjoyable part. But I, I Yeah, I don't know how you're playing Mass Effect then. <laughs> in, small, in small doses. <laughs> no, but, you, like, actually, that leads, that leads me to a question because I was thinking about this this week a lot, and I, I wanted to ask you, ask you about this because you play you know longer games there's no point asking daryl this question because he only plays like games that go for three minutes or something anyway so he he wouldn't understand but you know you you drop dragon's quest and stuff like this but how do you like you know and maybe you're in this period yourself now like i definitely am like i've got a few big games going i'm got like probably 30 different games going in different states at this point and i'm really like in limbo i haven't found something i want to lock into exclusively and play like this do you do you go through these sort of periods yourself or how do you how do you snap out of it and just pick one thing um i buy a much bigger role-playing game and start that and then the guilt it's like jewish guilt the guilt is so bad i go back and finish the last one ah so that's the secret you buy a new one to finish the old one yeah It's so funny, though, isn't it? Like, because, you know, it's like this, like, I hate the term, like, you know, this game paralysis where, you know, the more you have, the the more you don't know what you want to play. Cause it's yes. Just, it's just bullshit or whatever else, you know, just pick something. But but it, it's not so much that. It's like I, I'm playing a little bit of everything and, like, I want to get sucked into to things, but I don't, I don't know. And then there's this, I don't know about your opinion on this. I've been thinking a lot about this in the last month or so, but... You know, and again, I'll use Assassin's Creed, but you could use Mass Effect here. It's the same thing. Like, you know, these are big games or whatever. And, you know, we're not going to get another Assassin's now for probably two years because we've just got one. And yet I finished the whole base game in like a month, a month, two months. And I know some people finished it in a week, but you're like, well, there's nothing now for two years. So, like, what's the rush in finishing it so quickly? Like, wouldn't it be nicer just to space it out over the year and do little bits and I know there's like completionists and people there that'll be like necking themselves thinking about that but you know where I'm coming from like it's nice to have like maybe just slow the journey in the game down a little bit yeah I do that for some games cyberpunk is one of them I'm having so much fun I couldn't I stopped like halfway through I'm like if I keep going I'll finish this game and I can't bring myself to do that yeah yeah, it's like a book, a good book, isn't it? You don't want it to end, but you can see that that's the problem with a book. You can see the end approaching because you see how many pages are left. But with a game, you don't always know. Like you know, you think you're near the end, but you're not, or you you know you don't realize you're you're right there. But yeah, it's a it's a really funny thing. I don't know. 
it's a good thing a good position to be in i suppose all right let's go to our backlog beatdown we have ponder sevens with 39 uh we have tricky with 29 gareth davis with 18 daryl with 16 joseph Priestley with 15 matthew with 15 Jarrett with 13 jared has been making that push mm. cj mm. man you're a whole 11 Hmm. You're positive. <laughs> oh, easy there. That's not what the doctor said. Come on, Kawhi. <laughs> and just to give everybody a, uh, a, a overview of this, he has 34 called shots and he's at a positive 11. <laughs> you, you know, the sick thing is I, I don't, and you could understand this because you've drawn out your list for ages. My last game on this current list, Layers of Fear 2, I really wanted to play this forever. And I'm now into the second hour and it's not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm like, I just think I should take the minus one. But if I do, I will never finish this game. So I think I just have to finish it now. I think that's the correct strategy, isn't it? I can't even bring myself to actually, like, drop a game. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird? I've, I've, I've dropped how many so far? Like 25, you said, or something. So why should one more matter? 15. For, sorry, 15. But So why should one more matter? But for some reason it does. <laughs> I don't right. know. But so I'm on 11, and old Ponder, good mate Ponder, he's on, what is he on? 39. Okay, so that's 28. That's not, that's, I can still, that's conceivable. I mean, it was a bit. And he abandoned 25 because he didn't understand the rules. Oh, okay. And when he understood the rules, because he was playing games, he didn't realize that were games he couldn't beat. And when he realized that, he likes, he came out and said, okay, I'm very sorry. Could you drop these? Give me minus 10s on all of these. Yeah. I was like, okay. Otherwise, we'd be in real trouble. So, I mean, that twenty-eight is possible. I, I understand. What's what's the uh, the tricky Mick on? What's he on? Twenty-nine. Okay. Well, that's well, that's possible too because that's uh, look. My maths is shocking here, Clyde. That's eighteen ahead of me now. That's I, true, but I just saw his next list. He's got Herboxia on his list and Herboxia too. Okay, well, we, we, sh- we shall see. I'm not, I, I wouldn't mind putting my money behind him to win because there's nothing stopping him from dropping 50 Japanese visual novels at any second, Kalai, uh, on the field. <laughs> JT is at 10. Mm. Uh, TTAM, Matt Backwards, is 8. Homer Gets Stuffed is at 7, and I'm at 7. James Hablin is at 5. Spider Pax is at 5. T-Bird is at 4. Uh, Jim is at two. Levi's at two, which I think Levi just gave up. I think he's working very hard at the moment. It's understandable. Uh, William is at two. Just Let Me Bang Bro is at one. So is No the Brilder. So is uh, Gangum or whatever he wants to call himself. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zach is at zero. And Zoe is at zero. So you actually do have the uh, leaderboards, correct, CJ? I do have the leaderboards. It's it's an honor to be finally doing this, Kalai. At least somebody will be reading this out this week. You know, <laughs> so it's tragic when you put in all this effort, like you know, at least an hour's worth of gameplay, and you don't get a you don't get a shout out. But shall we start then with the Loot Bros podcast trophy uh, trophy? And of course, well, you. The all right, now can you read good? Did you go to the? Zoolander's uh, school for how to read better. 
Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best, and as you know, listeners, you can you can join this. Look, you can only join this, Kali, if you have a PlayStation, because you can't play anywhere on that system. But if you do have a PlayStation, you can, of course, join the free to join Loot Bros, the podcast, True Trophies leaderboard, and if you do, you have a chance of winning. Daryl's house keys, I believe. Some weeks and other weeks, absolutely nothing, perhaps. But you know that, that's the, that's the game you play. And I suppose it depends on this this first one, Clyde. I'd like to you know throw out here a big congratulations to Afik Tacious Donk on three hundred and ninety four trophies this week. That's a it's a fine effort, sir. A fine effort. And I was told that came in two hours of gameplay, Clyde. It's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, second. Oh, Clyde. Second is Resident Daryl on 45 trophies. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, the boards might be uh they might be uh, mistaken. Uh MZ Nitro in third uh, on 27 trophies with Welcome to Knockout City. Oh, this is the um this is this EA Access uh dodgeball game. Congratulations. Gaz Davis in fourth on eleven. And then I'd just like to go down the boards and just pick someone random because I know you like to do that. So I'm gonna pick uh I'm going to pick PG Frosty, and he's on zero trophies this week. <laughs> His last trophy coming days done in days gone. God knows how long ago that was, sir, but congratulations uh, on that trophy whenever you did get it. And then if we jump over just quickly to the the only leaderboard that really matters anymore, I suppose, Clyde, the Xbox uh, PC Achievement, uh, Microsoft Achievement leaderboard here for the Loot Bros. And I see Cool Kid Joe uh, with 6,000. 365. He's playing It Takes Two, Kali. That's the um, co-op game. I don't know if you've heard of that uh, or not. Yes, uh, this- of course. Mm, mm. The Sony Pony to you. Look, he's honest. His last uh, achievement there in Mass Effect. So you know, if you think he's full of shit, well, at least you're proven wrong there. And then look at <laughs> look at this. Look at this, Kali. This is clearly a mistake. Third, Resident Daryl, with two thousand and sixty uh, achievement points. Uh, his last game being Red Death. It goes for all of five minutes, so that's believable. But how does he have achievement points uh, on a Sony console? I don't know. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, in fourth place, we have GDI Master Ace 775. He's playing Destroy All Humans, of course. That is a free game, Kali. Free on the game pass there. And Redbeard Rick, I uh, saw him playing this morning. Congratulations, sir. 340. Uh, your journey begins in the long dark. Now, Rick, you actually uh, you mentioned that you want to do this Conan um, boost. I don't know if you know this, Kali. It's a, it's a disgusting, easy Chivo uh, or trophy boost uh, that you can do with a command panel on a 200-hour game. You can reduce it to 10 minutes or so. Uh, it, but the, the exciting thing is it's a 109 gigabyte download, Kali. So I've downloaded that, sir. So we need to do that soon because, as you know, Kali, there's not much space on these next-gen consoles. So <laughs> current, current, currently, currently about 50% is taken up by a spam game that'll take 10 minutes. So we need to, we need to get on to that. And then we should give a shout-out here to the Alpha Seagull uh, in sixth uh, with 325, all quality, also playing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? Well done. Yes. All right. Let's get over to our questions. Mm, please. Uh, Jared says it sadly might be at the point where we need to pour one out for the PS Vita and accept that Sony might be done making mobile gaming devices. But the Vita is quite a device. The connection isn't always perfect, but overall, remote playing PS4 to Vita works pretty well. A couple of days ago, for the first time, I remote played my PS5 in the living room to my PS4 in the bedroom. And I was pretty impressed with how smooth it was. Sony still cares about remote play. 
What if Sony sold a cheap tablet streaming device with buttons, kind of like a Wii U, only meant for home or if you have a Wi-Fi connection? I'd love to have a bigger screen Vita with an L2 and R2 button that would be only for remote play if it ran well. I think they could do this and sell it for a good price since it will be a streaming device and not really need expensive hardware inside. All new TVs can connect to your phone through Wi-Fi and you can cast video to your TV. This device can even function as a universal controller for TVs in your house. Do you think this would be appealing? I personally like the idea of having a remote play handheld home device for PS3, PS4, and PS5, and PS Now. Or even if they could somehow get Steam and Xbox to stream to this device and WWE Network and Ninja Turtles. Is that a question or a comment? Uh, there's a question. Do you think this would be appealing? Yeah, well, look, look. Why not? I mean, Sony, Sony has shown they're they're in the market to make second rate, you know, consoles with the PS5. So why not go ahead and do so with a Vita too? You know, you, I mean, you could you could play Nintendo Switch, the the established market leader in handhelds, or you could play the Sony PS5 Vita garbage uh, console, I suppose, which is what you you want. You know, something you said you can just play. You know, in the the living room because you're too fucking lazy to get up and walk to the bedroom where the the PS4 or five is. So you know, look, I'm all for that. But what what I think you you forgot to mention is that the the true value in the Vita and Sony has recognised this. This is why it's trying to shut it down. Is that it's the ultimate hacker's tool. You can hack that thing to play any game in any region, and if you're good enough, you can play it for free as well, Kali, with you know various softwares. So uh, you know, it's a console that literally is continuing to give long past its uh its expiration date <laughs> well you know what the fight part is is that what he's talking about that he wants for for playstation is already available on the on the on the uh on the xbox Yes, yeah. Well, look, look. you know, a, a wholesome, fun, fun, full gaming experience in 4K, 120 frames per second is also available on the Xbox, you know. But PlayStation can dream. <laughs> well, I actually use my iPad to stream my Xbox when I go away or I'm at my at work. I can use my phone to do the same thing. Yeah. And I don't yeah. need to buy a whole new device. But, but, I mean, you've got to understand, Claire, you're talking about AAA companies here, Microsoft, Apple, you know, Sony's a B-grade company. They're doing the best they can, you know, playing with the big boys. And I'm all for a cheap, nasty Vita too. you know. Why not? Why not? But the problem is with Sony is nothing's cheap. As we've seen, nothing is free, nothing is cheap. So this thing will probably cost more than the Switch, even though it'll be half as powerful. So, so yes, it would be appealing because I have it now and I really enjoy it, Jared. Yeah, but you you wouldn't buy it. You've got the Switch. Why would you do with another handheld? You've also got the Evercade. I know, and I just bought a second version of the Evercade. <laughs> so so the last thing you need is another handheld. <laughs> Did you see what came out with the Evercade? Uh, no, no. Evercade Versus. It will allow up to four player to play games now. So, so not only did I buy it, I told my husband it's going on his TV. Four players, like like on an online connection type thing, or a, like a co-op no, like type couch thing, couch co op. So like you could play oh, like okay. Pac Man together with your friends. You don't have that little device anymore. Now it's on your big TV. Mm, mm, mm. I, I love I love that we're living in a world where you can still play Pong so readily. You know, in, in this in this modern modern age, it's it's just wonderful. It's you know how I I wouldn't choose to spend my time, I suppose. But but more power to you. Uh, the next question comes from Justin Cooper. 
What was the best game that you played that involved pirates? <laughs> well, I mean, one is tempted to say anything on the Vita, isn't it, with that piracy? But uh, <laughs> I mean, no, look, no, we're not going to mention any names there. But, uh, but I don't know. Have you got one? A best game for pirates? Absolutely. Mm. Black Flag. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a classic, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that is fantastic. I'm going to try and think more outside the box then. There's there's actually a game I um I actually received a code for, probably because I wouldn't have bought it. It's a little on the price end for what it is. Uh, sea of, uh, I think it's Sea of, it's really confusing because it's not the, the big Microsoft one. I think it's Sea of Storms. I literally only played an hour of it. And it's actually, it's a top-down um. A, a, a ship sailing trading naval combat game if you like and you actually you do um you do uh, very early on you, you you have a massive fall from nobility and you're adopted by the pirates so that has pirates in it that is kind of fun and it sort of strikes me as perhaps what ubisoft are going to do with their you know pirate ship game that was delayed into next year or something so i don't know if you like top-down games it's very long this sea of storms or whatever it is um you know in, and it's a little bit random but but that's kind of good i mean i'm enjoying i'm enjoying that but i don't play a lot of pirate games isn't that interesting collide i don't play a lot of pirate games yet. no <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I'll pirate it. I'll pirate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a there's a la- there's a shortage of that. You know, maybe maybe we could get like once these dogs are finished running the alien airport, maybe then they could run a pirate ship. Dogs oh, running an pirate ship. It'd be, it'd be something. Well, yeah. I would think that they would be run by carrots. Hmm. Yeah. Well, look. You know, they can Photoshop anything into that game. I suppose so. We, we shall see. But, yeah, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, everyone and their dog is going to say Black Flag. It's a great game or, or whatever else. Perhaps the last of the, the great Assassin's Creed games for many people, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's a worthy contender. Uh, yeah, so now we have to vote on question of the week. I would vote for Justin Cooper because that was a very interesting question. Yeah, look, I would, I would too, because I'm going to take Jared's long-winded question as a comment, actually, more than a, more than a question. Therefore, there is only one question. Therefore, there can only be one winner. Congratulations, sir! You can collect your prize from Daryl at the concierge on your way out. <laughs> you know, like, like we should give away some of those games Daryl's been hoarding it that he's been trying to give away forever, because he must just have a vault of them now. You know, these review games. Maybe we should just award a, a game to somebody. But you know what? Week. I think I know what he's doing with those games. Well, he's not playing them. Oh well, no, no, no! I wasn't going to say that. No. See, I just the other day I had uh, I was trying to help him with his computer, so I, f- I like kind of like Facetimed him over uh, uh, over Facebook, and you know I'm like you know what's going on with your computer, and so he started showing me his room downstairs. He's like, I gotta put up walls, so I think he's collecting all those games because he's just gonna make them the wall. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that could be, that could be. But I know we could, we could, we could organize to give away something. Surely, you know. You know, why not? I mean, I mean, he's he's buying Xbox games, Clyde. This is this is when you know you have a problem, isn't it? You know, you're no longer, you know, you've been on one system your whole life. You've built up a massive library, and then you're like, I just got to buy something, but there's nothing left on this system I don't own. So now I'm just going to buy games for another system I supposedly don't play. Yet I'm third on the leaderboards this week somehow. And <laughs> you, you've got to you've got to wonder, like, you know, that that is the topic: game buying addiction. But we'll need the full panel here for that one. I think, Clyde. I think that would be a that would be a fascinating topic. That would be a fascinating topic. Speaking mm. of topic of the show, we're going to be talking about the Game Pass as our topic of the show. <laughs> because 
everybody seems to be too busy to be on this week. So mm. the so the Xbox people are taking over. Look, they they are yeah. Look, I'm going to throw this to you because like you know I don't want to appear console bigoted or whatever else or one way. But the funny thing is like you know we keep going on about how all these games are free or whatever. But yeah, sure you are paying a subscription fee and. The, the way Microsoft works, you can, you can pay in points as well, so it doesn't feel like real money, I suppose. But on the on the flip side, if you're not playing anything off that that Game Pass, then you know it's it's sort of costing you points or money or whatever for no value at all. So it, it negates the freeness of that. That's it's quite a complex circle there, Levi. You'll have to figure that out yourself because I got trapped in there uh, for some time thinking about that. But but the reality is, I thought Clyde, I better start playing something on this Game Pass or, or whatever else, and so I just picked a Telltale game to play. But you know, the the truth is, like, there's a lot of these small games. Like I played this uh, Genesis uh, Noir game uh which the games you would never buy like this game is just weird as shit or whatever else minimalistic and it's only worth an hour of your time you know tops or whatever but i was like i think each week i need to start playing something from this game pass but i wanted to flip it to you because you have access to the pc game pass as well your pc is good enough uh for that are you like are you like me you're paying for it and you're playing maybe one thing a month off it or are you are you getting some good value out of it to me, I'm getting some good value out of it because there'll be games that I'll play and I'll be like, you know what? I would never have tried this game. Mm-hmm. I like this game, but this is a game that I'd rather play on my Switch and then I'll go buy it from the developer on the Switch. Mm. So I can see how the developers are making money. So so in a way, you're paying Microsoft for the subscription and then you're still buying the game on another platform. It's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, because... But you got to understand. Uh, you... You, have you played Halo? Have you played Gears of War, CJ? No, and I mean, I, I know they're all there, which is, is you know, I will get to them. So that, right. that is a wonderful thing. Hmm. So this is what I've said to my husband when he was like, no, no, I'm not going to use the service. I was like, well, for what you pay for the service for six months, that's one Microsoft exclusive. So you can pay $60 for one game or you can pay $60 for six months of a hundred yeah, games, that's right. Yeah, and that's why I pay for it. I pay for it because I'm going to be playing the Halos. I'm going to be playing the the Gears of War. That from that, I'm hugely addicted to Monster Train. Uh, there was you know other games where we bought, we started on one system, played on the other, like Void Bringer, Void Bastards. Void mm-hmm. Bastards is a fantastic roguelike game. That's on the system. I don't know if you've ever played it. Mm, yeah, I know I'm familiar with it. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're on a ship, and it's hysterical. Mm. The, the the problem though is like you know, and, and I know like we we appear on one side or whatever, but with any subscription model, to take the other side is it's the it's the sunken cost fallacy in that you know the problem is you play this game as you said like you know some of these games they come off or whatever but a lot of them have been on there forever and they'll they'll probably be on there forever so you you know a great example is like i'm playing from need for speed heat again you know and i i played that on the playstation i bought it there or whatever but now through aa access game pass i can play it for free there because i wouldn't probably wouldn't buy it again and a bit the same with resident evil 7 i'm playing it there for free or whatever but 
with the need for speed, like if I play it for three or four months, like, you know, it may have therefore been cheaper for me to buy it if that's all I'm I'm playing or whatever. And then if it if it disappears off the service, you know, so I do I do see that side of it, I suppose. But I wonder like I wonder how library focused it is because like I've bought I think I'm up to 490 games I've picked up this year for the Xbox and I just literally Clyde I don't even have time to you know if I can take a sandwich anymore it's just crazy to try and play these things and then to get across to the game pass stuff as well so I wonder like I understand it's something you buy and you forget about you just keep paying or whatever else in, in the hope that you will get to them but you know even you you said yourself you know your gears your halo like like when are you going to get to these do you think the the gears and the halo yeah. I've already played them. Oh, have you? On the... Okay, so you, you've seen immediate value then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like... I beat Gears 5. Uh, la- My first list was Gears 5. Okay, so you just keep it going because you might want to go back and play it again. Is that the... the no, reason? because I keep finding games that I'll latch onto and I won't and I won't stop playing. And Monster Train is one of them right now. And I'm not just playing Monster Train on my PC. I'm playing it on my Xbox as well streaming into yeah. my phone so yeah. for me the value is for one game i get close to 100 and uh you know yes they do leave like i'm looking at the one you know kingdom hearts is going to be leaving but that's all right <laughs> but like octoplast traveler mm. i was going to buy that for switch mm. and i could play it on xbox yeah yeah, I, I think those big games like a uh, Final Fantasy twelve, like you know, uh, Final Fantasy ten just came on there as well. Ten, uh, ten two. The the problem with those games are they need to be there for a long time because you know Octopath Traveler. It's going to take you two hundred hours that game, and it's mm-hmm. like like I'm sure there are people out there that are balls to the wall at, and played it nonstop, but it's not. It's a tough game to do that. It's really a progressive sort of game over time. Um, just the, it's a slow game or whatever else. So you know you're going to need months to play that potentially and. That that's where it becomes like you know if it, and I know you get your discounts when they they pull it off if you want to buy it so I I do understand that that argument you know but I think it's like and I think I think that's why that game buying episode would be fascinating because I think it's also partly you know oh look I have an extra hundred games I could possibly play now whether I ever will or not it's not important but I could which is the is the big thing I suppose I suppose with it but yeah I don't know like I haven't I mean, here's a good question for you like because this is something that I find like I've read in the Facebook and people you know they, they'll, they'll subscribe to Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever else um, the just random ones I pick there and then they'll watch what they want then they'll cancel it for a few months and then they might rejoin later on have you have you ever thought of doing that with Game Pass or are you happy just to run it as a you know a month to month thing now so I followed this girl called Indie Gamer Chick Mm. and indie gamer chick she gives out indie games but you have to redeem them as soon as you got them you had to redeem them and you had to play them and you had to talk about them yeah on twitter if you did not talk about them you were banned yeah ban list i think i didn't do it once and then i was like that was stupid of me and i did it again as one of her lawyer one of her lawyer followers dumped an entire uh a hundred codes that were expiring for Xbox mm. Live. But if you had Xbox you could, and she offered you one, you had to take it and redeem it as soon as possible because they wanted them all redeemed so they wouldn't go to waste. Because okay. you can only have X amount of time. I then got the deal to convert it for $1 to Xbox Ultimate. Uh, okay. And I wound up getting two years 
of Xbox Game Pass. I have yet to actually oh, wow. pay for it out of pocket. <laughs> so it really is free for you then. <laughs> yes, it really is free. So I haven't actually paid for it in two years. Um, my my subscription is supposed to run out in June. I just got a three-month card from my rewards. And we had something else that I was able to get a three-month card for from for Jim because he's his was was like he had a bunch yeah but the nice thing is is like for any holiday if people don't know what to get me get me a three month card to Xbox it's that simple <laughs> it, it, well see it comes back to those those points as well and I know like we harp on about it and yeah but you know you earn the points by playing or by doing their, their random quests which involve playing as well you know so therefore you're not paying for it and you know yes you can convert the points to money and like one of the things that you know I was always interested in because you know like some people might consider me a heavy volume player I suppose Kalai and you know you also get points for, for buying stuff on the store and I like you know I'm regularly like I haven't paid for it and I'm regularly cashing in $25 vouchers with points as well every few you know probably almost every second month at the moment so there's so much like of that incentive coming through and then it's funny you mentioned codes in that story I know we're detracting but one of the great things about just doing my own thing now is like I don't ask for codes or whatever because I don't like that you know everyone oh it's so exciting to get a code whatever else but as you say you've got to play it or you've got to do what they want you know and like you, you just want to play whatever you want you know you don't Sometimes it's just easier to pay so you can can do whatever you want. But having said that, on the flip side, on the Microsoft side, there are so many codes for things floating around. I don't know why that is, whether there's there's better PR, which I think is also the case, whether the developers are a little bit more attuned or whether Microsoft just issues more codes or whatever for games as well. But, you know, you said this indie gamer chick, I, I'm sort of loosely familiar with her or whatever, but there are a lot of people handing out codes all the time for games on Twitter, on the Xbox, and, and very little on the PlayStation side. So, you know, like, I mean, if you, if you don't want to buy Game Pass and you want to play, you can just jump on there, I suppose. And as you say, you get it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I understand why they're doing this whole entire service, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, they're not making money, they're not making money. They had a really bad PR nightmare when it came to the Xbox One. Hmm. Uh, you know, it came out, there was no games. They, like, the whole internet thing, only thing, it just soured everybody to Microsoft. Microsoft is now trying to pull those people back to the Xbox, uh, you know, environment. Because once you make someone, like, once you offer them something like this, they're going to be for life. People are going to want to keep playing. And, you know, if you have a kid and a kid wants to keep up with all those games, Game Pass is a lot cheaper for you as a parent. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, uh, I I definitely... I definitely agree with that, and I, like I mean, you know, it's, it's why I'm playing on that system. I mean, it's it's a far more it's a far more approachable system, I think. But uh, like, and I made the joke the other day to a friend that I'm not even sure that I could afford to play on Sony anymore because the games are expensive, and 
you, you know, the indie games are, you know, they're usually more expensive on there. I've been keeping track in the last week or so of both the stores, and it, it really adds up. And there aren't, I know you get your, your PS Now, Daryl, and that's what you're, you're shaking your head at while you munch on your carrot there. But, you know, that, as we said, <laughs> it's not it's not in Australia, and Game Pass is, or whatever else. But, but one of the things, and this is, you know, detracting again, but I'm interested here in your opinion, Kali, is that it's awesome to have Game Pass or, you know, PS Now. And I understand this is a problem with the PS5 too, so it's not just the Xbox, but, you know, games are getting bigger or whatever else, you know, even in, in even indie games, you know, 10 gigabytes now, you know, for a title screen or something, you know, they're getting bigger or whatever. The the limitations of these next-gen systems is definitely the storage, you know, uh, on the, yeah. the Xbox Series X, I've got 850 after the, you know, all the system stuff that's on there or whatever else. So, you know, depending on what you're playing, that's maybe two AAAs, three AAAs and a, and a collection then of indies or, you know, you know, maybe 50 indies or something, you know, and, and there's not a lot of space and one of the attractions of game pass as you said is oh i want to play a bit of this you know i want to play a bit of that and i've been mucking around with the pc and it's great because the pc has a ton of space so i can just download everything i want to try and it's fine you know, but i can't do that on the console and i think that's one of the uh, you know it's one of the difficulties that a lot of people who haven't upgraded yet are, are going to realize because you know on the ps4s that i had i had every one of them had four or eight terabyte external drives so it was great but you know now the way it works there's no point having the external because you've got to transfer it back anyway to the xbox so uh, like uh, I find that's Not quite all a of issue. them have to be tr- transferred. No, that's true, but many do. The the triple A ones do. Well, that's true. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like everyone's in the same position, but that's sort of like, like I know it sounds ridiculous, but at the moment I'm playing like a what will I delete today so I can play something different tomorrow game, which is insane, you know, but it's in the back of your mind all the time. And, and some of these downloads are huge, like Borderlands 3, you know, 100 gigabytes or something almost. And, you know, again, with your speeds, it's fine or whatever, but, you know, when it's like a, you know, a seventh of your console, you know, or a sixth of your, your console, you know, I'm only going to play it every now and then, it's a yeah it's a juggling act i suppose and again that doesn't you know bother a completionist or whatever else but for someone you know that game pass is really aimed at i think which is i'll oh, try this try this try that it's something to consider as well but you know, i yeah. don't know i thought about actually getting a ps now mm. so i could compare it and daryl talked me out of it yeah well as everybody knows that knows daryl well he's, he's not a sony fanboy at all he just appears to be but <laughs> <laughs> as we saw this, we saw today with his third place on the thing. But it's so funny because, like, I listened to this podcast the other week, and they had a uh, real gamer score podcast, and they had these two guests on that was just starting up, or you know, they have a small podcast they're getting into, um, and they talk about Game Pass games or whatever, and they evaluate one Game Pass game every week. And I was like, that's because you know, there's hundreds of ga- hundred games on there. That's quite an interesting project. But I, so I flipped through some of their episodes, and probably like the six I flipped through, they talked about games I'd never heard of. And you know, like you go, oh well, you know, there's hundred games on there. Of course, there's like a handful you haven't heard of. But like I played so many games, and I keep abreast of it. And I was like, well, and it, it leads back to what you're saying. Like if there's at least six games out of these hundred that I've never heard of, how many more are there? as well and i don't know i suppose i suppose that's exciting yeah I, I like the variety and i'm sure playstation now has a great offering but i don't like the fact that you can't download all of your games on pc you have to stream yeah yeah well that's a that's a big issue for here <laughs> the australian internet but exactly it's, so. it's not here 
Yeah, it's interesting though. I, I don't know. I just think like, you know, and I, I'm sure we'll have to temper positions a little bit now. We're all occasionally talking together more and not just slinging insults in, in chats against uh, each other's console uh, preference or whatever. But I, I do think like, I don't see any comparison between PS Now and Game Pass. They're two two separate things uh, mm-hmm. completely, I think. But, you know, if, if you are, you know, on the Xbox side, I would be really interested in if there's anyone listening that's on the PC Xbox side that doesn't partake in Game Pass or, or has views. And I, I know the view of, oh, it defunds the industry, blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking about, you know, you you actively like, I don't like what's on there. I don't think it's got the right stuff or it should have this. That's the point of view I'd be interested in because most people, everyone's, you know, it's an amazing deal. And yes, it is. But there, there must be people out there that are like, you know, I don't like this. I don't, I want this on there and that. And that I think would be interesting because I think they're doing a really good job of a wide variety of games, but there must be, there must be gamers still out there that are hesitant or reluctant to jump in. And I'd be interested in in why that is. And maybe it's, you know, there's not enough backwards compatibility there or enough retro games or whatever, but. Well, I know for like my cousin who would never buy the service, not because it's not a good deal because it is a good deal because he has more consoles and more systems than like everybody on this panel together. Mm. It, from retro to current because he literally collects them that's all he does is collect he actually had to move to a bigger game room and he's, <laughs> he's awesome. been on he's been on the show a couple of times he only buys physical because of the collector's aspect so he would never do game pass or ps now because he doesn't have something physical yeah yeah, and look, I, I can understand that. And then it harks back to the fact of, well, should I just, you know, pause it or cancel it for this month if I'm not going to be playing much? And I don't know, I find that, I find that quite interesting because having had like a Final Fantasy fourteen subscription running for the last three years, you know, to play on PlayStation or whatever, and there's been months where I haven't touched the game, but I kept it going because you never know, Clyde, you might. Um, you might play it. And then, you know, then you do play it and you play it for like 100 hours intensely or something. And then move on. But the other day, like, you know, because like I'm sitting on the fence, will I, will I bother with a PS5 at some point? And the other day I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I've had enough of it, you know. And so I just cancelled the subscription. And I think it's the first time I've ever done that. And, you know, I don't know it's a financially responsible thing to do or whatever. But I think, yeah, that that concept of this, you know, I'll, I'll run it for a couple of months and I'll, I'll get what I can out of it. And then maybe I'll come back in a year. I, I'd be interested in how many people are doing that too. Uh, you know, or as Microsoft, as as you know, Levi likes to say, have they uh, achieved the Netflix effect where we just forget about it and keep it going because it is such a good deal, even if we don't have the time to use it. All right, so we should probably wrap this up because probably mm. a lot of the Sony players are like, "No, we have to listen to Xbox. <laughs> what are we doing?" So, thank you for joining me this week. Uh, since nobody else could, um, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode. So goodbye. Get right or get left, what will it be? Time is running out, the blood is flowing down the streets. People need to know we're living in the war zone. In the streets with the truth, tell them that it's old. Get right or get left, what will it be? Time is running out, the blood is flowing down the streets. People need to know we're living in the war zone. In the streets with the truth, tell them that it's old.